Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Kenz as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or Mac and Kenz your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. All right, you guys. Hello and welcome back to the For the Girl podcast. We are currently in the beginning of our John series. Well, it's like inspired by our John study. I don't know that it's really titled John. Honestly, who's listening to podcasts and series? We're not sure, but I hope you're really loving this season. Um, I have loved it so far. We're talking about so many new things. And today we are talking uh, uh, to the girl who is has been trying so hard. So we're going to be talking about legalism and how we can easily get caught up in that mindset. But yeah, so that's me. And we'll talk about that later. But what else, Mac? Mac Attacaroni? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here too, guys. Hi. <laughs> What's up? It's me. Um, what if you just started doing solo podcast episodes <laughs> and like never addressed it secretly? Yeah, I'm just like putting them on their code name or something. Yeah, honestly, that'd be awesome. I would die laughing at you. <laughs> um, let's see. What is up over here? Just enjoying the sunshine, summertime, you mm-hmm. know, doing life over here. We got date night tonight. Uh, Tyler's in charge. <clears throat> oh, so. cute. Do you switch off who's in charge of date night? Well, we just started this. So we're doing a, like, I saw this on TikTok. This is hilarious. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we're doing where we switch off every week and uh, that who plans. And then one date night a month, like one of the ones I'll plan each month is an at home date night and one will be like a go out date night. So. Oh, fun. So you have two at home, two out, and it's just like you switch off who plans it. Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. I love so it. So t- tonight is go out, I think, and Tyler's in charge. So I don't know what we're doing, but. Oh, yes. so it's always a surprise, too. Yes. Well, we just are starting this. Oh, yeah. Week Salt two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last week was at home, and it was me, and I was in charge. And he, I have this one pasta dish that I make that he loves. And so we were going to have a whole like Italian night, but that was the night that I like almost died from COVID. I was so sick. Uh, so shoot. I, I, it wasn't a really a successful first at home date night. <laughs> uh, that's good. Oh shoot. COVID. It'll really yep. get you. Um, yep. That's cool. I can't wait to hear how that goes for you. I have a suggestion. I have some marriage advice for you. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. Yeah, just live right (laughs) now. (laughs) Okay. So are you guys planning on like um, picking the days that you're going out and the ones that you're going in? Or are you just going to like wing it? Like, you know, like, are you just deciding that week which one's out or in? Or are you like planning it every other strictly at the top of the month? I don't think we're planning it strictly. I think it's like a live decision. Okay, that was my marriage advice. It's really not that great of marriage advice, but it was just because, <laughs> you know, if you have a full week of going out and you're just going to want that one to be the one in, like you should fly by the seat of your pants, which then I really yeah. like the model because sometimes date night, we do date night too, and we only really go out, which we should maybe 
do this. But sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, we've been out so much. And then date night comes around. So anyways, yeah. 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 So that's why I think it'll be good to leave it live game time decision. Cause sometimes like an at home in your PJs, let's order a pizza and is so fun. You know, you're like, this is the best. So. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. Yay. Date nights begin. I think they're the best. Yes. Okay. Should we jump into some questions? Yes. Um, we're going to be answering three just fun, random, some are more serious questions at the beginning of every podcast episode. So we asked you guys on Instagram and Ken, do you have our questions? Yes, I do. I prepared. I picked them out, hand selected. The first one is, if you could relive one day of your life, what would it be and why? Oh my goodness. Well, this is so easy because I literally just got married a few weeks ago and like I kept telling Tyler, I was like, did I live that day? I don't know (laughs) because I feel like I missed so much. I don't think you realize with your wedding, it's like the one event that you don't see. It's the one wedding you go to that you don't see because you're you are getting married. Uh-huh. So you just, I'm like, did I even see the wedding? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's a weird feeling. So if I could relive the whole wedding day again, and cause it was amazing and like so fun and so sweet, I would just like love to go back and do it again and pay attention to all the things I missed. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's the best. Yeah. That one's fresh. Okay. For me outside of the wedding, because you know, obviously it's the wedding. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. I feel like my answer is lame. Once again, we're not very good at this, but I don't, I recently, um, we over Christmas, I got to spend a couple days with my family because now, you know, we switch off being married and you just cherish your time with your family so much more. So I genuinely was like on this Christmas trip, like being like, I need to cherish every single second of this. And that's what happened. And we went, there was just like one day in particular where we like, I don't know, it was a full day with the fam. And I like, I'm like, I want Christmas to be like that again. I mean, I love Christmas on the other side of the family, but it was just the most special. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably that. Probably that. Yeah. It was in California. There's sunshine, good food, family. Josh was there living my best life, you know? Wouldn't that be cool if at the end of every month you got to hit replay on one day from the month? That'd just yes. be so – such a cool life feature. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's wow. amazing. Our next question is uh, more serious. So, Matt. Okay. How, um, how do you love people in your life that are harder for you to love? Ooh, yes. This is so good. This is so good. Yeah, so good. <laughs> um, yeah I, that's such a good question because number one, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard. And um, I would say, and Ken's, I feel like you and I have learned a lot about this. The very first thing I would do is change the way I talk about them. Um, mm-hmm. I think that so often because someone's hard to love, we get really good at complaining about them to the people, other people in our world, or even like the way we think about them. Like we just automatically like assume the worst in them or like, oh, they always do that. Or just like we have this negative 
feeling or vibe towards them. And then it comes out in the way that we speak about them. And so we're almost reinforcing that annoyance or that hard to loveness about them. But I think if you can begin to change the way that you talk about them, change the way that you perceive them, the way that you think about them, I really believe that God can do the work of changing your heart towards that person. And suddenly that that person that was so hard to love can truly become easy to love in a lot of ways. And I really believe that's the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that in us. And I think it starts with our willingness to do the hard work of catching those moments when they happen and changing those patterns. And then I think God can do some really cool redeeming things. And so the first thing I would do is just like commit to believing the best in them and speaking the best about them um, to everybody. Because I think Loki that can change how you feel about them. And um, I know there have been people in my life that have been really hard for me <laughs> to like love and want to be around and all those things. And and that leaves me feeling yucky. Like that leaves me feeling like I don't like who I am when I don't like somebody else. And so I really just try to take on the responsibility of I'm going to change how I see this person. And there's something really beautiful when God redeems that and God works and moves in that. So I don't know if that helps, but that is that's good. good for me. That's good advice, Mac. I agree if with that 100%, just to add on, I think it's important to anybody who I spend time with, I always like try to just like have a moment to check my heart, be with Jesus before I'm with them. It's really simple, but like yeah. sometimes and it's like really easy to just like dread the hang or whatever you have going on with them and then just let that dread follow you all the way into it. And I know for me, anytime I've taken a moment to be like, okay, no, I'm going to look for ways to love them. I'm going to choose to have fun with them. I'm going to believe the best in them. Like just like taking a moment to pause and set intention. Um, I know it's kind of, it's kind of tough. You have to go the extra mile, but um, I think that will help a ton and you'll slowly see the yeah. relationship be restored too. Yeah. Okay. Our next and final question is what's been one of the most embarrassing moments you've had in leading and doing ministry, I guess we've had, right? Because we've really done it together. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the standout is not really that embarrassing for me. <laughs> I but mean, for you, the standout is just too obvious. I don't know how many of you guys know that on tour, like a year ago or whatever, I, during our dance, during our our dance that we literally intentionally do to embarrass ourselves because I think that's fun. And honestly, it keeps us so yeah. humble. We like weirdly love awkward, cringy moments. We do. We kind <laughs> of live for them. Yeah. We kind of create them in our life. <laughs> we truly yeah. do. There's something spiritual there, but uh, just yes. for the fun of it, it was really funny on tour. I It was in Atlanta. It was a big, big old stage, you know, and I was up there dropping it low. And when it said she hit the flow, that song, I just dropped it low and literally my pants ripped from like my knee all the way up to the top of my butt crack and my whole butt was exposed <laughs> to all hundreds of people. I mean, honestly, guys, not just her butt, like everything. <laughs> yeah, and then it was so bad. And then I literally was like dying laughing and squatted and peed on stage. Peed. Yeah. She so. peed, left puddles on stage. Yes. Yeah. 
it was, was weird. it is an iconic moment that will go down forever in for the girl history that when <laughs> Ken's ripped her pants peed on stage in Atlanta Georgia and I just don't think anything could top that no no it really but Ken, you've paved the way for all of us. Like it can't get worse than that. You know? <laughs> it just can't. In a weird way, I hope it does though. Like I hope there's just something <laughs> so weird and bad. I don't know. This pod the podcast is honestly pretty. I mean, great. next level would be like poop poop on stage. I think that's next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would never happen. <laughs> But yeah, it might, Ken. <laughs> it might. You have a tendency to poop on runs. It could just. <laughs> you just happen. really had to go. You ate some ice cream cone, and it just yep. going down. Yes. Oh, actually, uh, though, we like one time. I'll never forget this. During the delight conference one year, a couple years ago, some sweet leader was like, "Can I get you guys some coffee?" And during our break, and so she <laughs> got us coffees. We we're like, "For sure, we'll take." a vanilla latte or whatever so she got those for us we drank them and yeah because we needed the caffeine but we didn't clarify like the type of milk and I we're not we're not like weirdo like strictly no dairy but like a full latte for us when you're just not used to drinking like whole milk and we didn't know was I think we should have caught on but it was just because there's so many people so much happening you just drink it and talking and you guys, we both like were like, <laughs> we are <laughs> going down. It was not good. It could have been a poop on stage. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's so funny. This year at conference, right before I was going out to speak, I just changed my outfit and like I had on light wash jeans. And I literally like was like, oh, I need it. I'm going to change my tampon right before like going up there. And I go up there. The worship night is like literally about to start. And I'm speaking like it's not like I'm just like in the crowd. I'm speaking that night. And I go and I had so I mean, so much blood, so much blood. Like it was (laughs) so bad. It was so bad. I literally was like, what am I going to do? I don't have anything to wear. I'm in light wash jeans. Like you could see it when I was just standing. Like it was that bad. And one of the girls who works for us literally took off her pants and gave me her pants (laughs) so that I could wear. uh, And they were black jeans. I felt much safer. Oh, wow. That's period embarrassment is real too, you know? Yeah. Even though it's like all girls, it's just like, oh no, I hate period embarrassment. It's very distracting. You're just like everybody can see and that's all you know so yeah yeah so we've had our fair share of those moments but yeah yeah Yeah. more to come more to come oh my gosh all right well Well, I'm super excited to jump into this episode we're going to be talking all about legalism and trying really hard and just being tired of it and breaking free from it and so this is going to be an awesome episode diving into some scripture so let's get into it Okay, I don't know if you guys have seen, but we've totally refreshed the store at For the Girl, and we have so many cute new things. It's truly our favorite line we've ever released, and we're not even joking. We've behind the scenes been like, oh my gosh, are they obsessed as as obsessed as we are? Because this stuff is amazing. We truly wear it every single day, everywhere we go. So you got to check out the merch. They also have so many new studies, some of them that have been sold out. You can find them there again. So you got to go check that out. 
our classic prayer pad. It's still there. It's It needs to be not a sleeper because that thing is incredible, you guys. So you might need to get a prayer pad. We've got so many incredible things. You're going to love it. Our goal is to resource you with everything you need to encounter Jesus every single day. So I think you'll find it there. Head to forthegirl.com to get your Jesus-focused resource. Hello, you guys. Okay, we're super excited to dive into this episode and talk to the girl who's just tired from trying so hard. Um, And I think this is so relatable, and this could be so many different reasons and people, but just to list off a few, um, I think sometimes we feel this pressure to um, try so hard and spending time with him and reading our Bibles um, and being with him all the time. Maybe we've come up with this narrative that like we have to do it every single day for an hour a day. And if we don't, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty and it's so terrible. So maybe you feel like you're that girl and I've totally been there before. Maybe for you, um, you just feel so tired from trying so hard because you're caught up in this like narrative that you feel like you have to uh, do your faith every day. Like you feel, maybe even you feel like you have to share your faith with people everywhere you go. I definitely experience this. Like, I feel like every family vacation I'm on, I'm like, if I don't pray at the table, or if I don't like mention something about Jesus, I have wasted all this time. Um, or maybe you feel that way in your community or, um, wherever you go. So maybe you just feel the pressure in that way. Um, Maybe for you, um, you've just, you've kept messing up and sinning and getting, you just feel so stuck in this sin cycle and trying, but trying so hard to be perfect. And you just feel so much guilt there all the time. We want to talk to you or maybe for you, it just feels like it's like through gossip or judgment or slander. And you just feel like you are trying to be perfect and never do that. And when you do, you are just kicking yourself. And so, yeah, I, I think like through this, we want to kind of talk to everybody and in these categories. Um, I think it's so easy when I first was like trying to prepare for this episode. I was like, I don't even know if I can really talk about this. I don't really feel like I'm I'm that guilty of this or experience this on a regular basis. But I think the truth is, and as I started to dig in, I was like, oh shoot, I feel like I, I do this all the time. Like guilt follows me quietly wherever I go and I can so obsess with being perfect and Um, so yeah, I hope that you're listening to this episode almost accidentally so that you um, (laughs) feel convicted in that way. But yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that, um, when I think about like trying really hard or legalism and trying to earn God's love or earn God's favor, it's not something that maybe is always on the forefront of our minds. It's definitely more of a subconscious thing. And I think one of the ways that I see in my own heart, um, when I recognize it the most is when it shows up in the way that I like feel about other people, you know, (laughs) like when I start making myself feel better because I'm at least I'm better than that person, or at least I'm doing more than that person, or, you know, at least like, oh, like I can't believe they would do that. You know, I would never do that. And I think sometimes it sneaks in in those moments the most where I'm like, 
oh my goodness, I have literally like made up these rules for how I think following God should look like. And I grade myself on that scale. And as long as I think I have met these standards I've set for myself, then I feel good about myself. And I think that that's such a way that so many of us are living that is just so the opposite of really what Jesus has called us to. Mm. And um, I love this idea of kind of dismantling our systems for making ourselves feel good about ourselves and literally almost like allowing this new way of letting Jesus speak straight to our hearts. Um, And so I think this process of like stopping trying so hard can actually be one of the ways that we unlock the most intimacy with Jesus. So that's why I think this conversation is super important and super cool. Yes. So good. So good. Yeah. You'll feel him closer and just feel like you're walking step by step with him instead of just in the rules. So, okay. So (laughs) this week in um, the John study, we covered um, John five through nine and we read a whole bunch of awesome stories. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about all of them, but really the highlight through this and honestly through all of John and the Gospels is we see Jesus breaking all the rules, honestly. He is is not like following the rule book and the guidelines and the perfect, this perfect lifestyle. He's breaking all the rules. And I love that about Jesus. And for any of you right now, like who really is caught up in this um, way of living, I just want you to know, like, that's not what Jesus did. Like Jesus really did. He lived by the spirit and not by rules. And it's just so clear as you dig into the gospels. But the first, the first one I want to look at is um, the story in the, in John five, um, it's about Jesus healing, um, the man at the pool on the Sabbath. Um, we're not going to dig into it a ton, but what you need to know is that basically Jesus performed a miracle. He was healing on the day that, um, the Pharisees and the religious leaders were told or were convinced that shouldn't ever happen, um, which is crazy, but also it was just the rules. And so we see in this story, Jesus, um, out of empathy and compassion, saw this man um, at the pool who needed needed help and was desperate for healing and so sad. And Jesus, out of compassion, regardless of, of the Sabbath or what he was supposed to do or what was right or wrong, he just walked up to this man and immediately told him to pick up his mat and, and to walk. He, he healed this man. Um, And you see the Pharisees on the sidelines being like so mad, so obsessed with the rules um, that Jesus just kindly, um, just kindly takes action in what was needed. And so, yeah, I feel like the first thing here to point out is that it's just really not about the rules. It's more so about the relationships in your life and living by the spirit and not by rules. I think it's, I think that's such a powerful thing to unlock of being like, okay, if I like am not just like living by what's perfect or perfect timing or what I should and shouldn't do, but really like what is the spirit out of compassion, out of empathy for other people, out of what conviction or 
relationship with Jesus, of how I know he would love other people, like what should I do or how should I respond or how should I act? Um, the spirit is powerful. I think the spirit is who, what will put like random ideas on your heart or will, um, share something with you that was totally different than what you've always thought or, um, will lead you into deeper intimacy with him. And so, yeah, I think this Mm -hmm. is like such a beautiful picture of what Jesus, like out of relationship, he knew that he was supposed to, um, break the rules and do the thing um, because he cared about that. Yeah, and it, it makes me think about, you know, when we when we walk with the Spirit, when we live by the Spirit, it requires so much dependency. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you need the Spirit in every moment. Like, you can't, like, get your fill of the Spirit in a moment and then be like, all right, cool, Spirit, I'm going to go utilize this and talk to you in three weeks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It requires every moment dependency upon the Lord and the Spirit to fill you up and to overflow in your life. And I think sometimes when we live by the rules or when we like read the Bible and we're like, okay, God, this is what I need to do to honor you and to love you and to serve you. Okay, I'm going to go do all these things and then like check back in later. I think sometimes that is our way of control. Like I'm like, okay, if I can just check these boxes, then I'm good. And control, controlling our own day-to-day situations, controlling our own lives is not how we were created to live. We were created to live in dependence upon our God, in daily need of our God. And I think sometimes when we live by the rules, it's because we want the control and we ultimately our heart doesn't want to be dependent on something else, but it's actually the most beautiful way to live, to be dependent on daily bread on like those daily moments where you, where you need the conviction of the Holy spirit to steer you right or wrong, to steer you in what decision you need to make. And I think that that's really cool. Like when I think like about myself trying so hard and like, trying to earn God's love or trying to win favor in God's eye, reminding myself that like, Hey, that's a control issue. (laughs) That's me (laughs) trying to control my own life. And how much more beautiful and free is it to actually live daily dependent on the spirit, the spirit to be the one to convict me, the spirit to be the one to encourage me, the spirit to be the one to guide me and to lead me in my every decision. And what's beautiful about that is that leaves more room for, I think, the spirit to move and to do what only God can do. And when I just like take the rules and try to do them on my own, I don't leave room for the spirit to move. And so therefore, like God can't do as much because I controlled it. And I'm like, okay, as long as I read my Bible once a day and I don't drink and I do this, then like I'm good to go versus really allowing the spirit to move. So good. Yeah, I can think of, we both know her actually, uh, Kirsten, our friend Kirsten. She is the most spirit-led anti-religious rules or proper way of going about it. She's hilarious, you guys. You might have seen her on our For the Girl tour because she is always there. But Kirsten is the kind of girl who is just so attuned to the Holy Spirit. And um, she just doesn't like confine the spirit to structure 
or perfection or anything like that. Like you'll see her leading worship on stage, getting off stage, praying over girls. Like you're not supposed to do that, quote unquote. (laughs) But she does that because she's so led by the spirit or she, um, yeah, she just doesn't care about the way she might be perceived or what the structure of the night was. She's just ready to, just like Jesus in this story, she's ready and wanting people to experience healing. She like lives in that mindset of relationship. And yeah, she inspires me so much. Like when I try to be perfect or stay in the structure of things, I'm like, oh wait, Kirsten, she's always going rogue and I always see the fruit of it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I wanted to highlight her shout out to Kirsten. (laughs) Um, okay. The, the next thing I wanted to talk about is this other story that we see, um, through the study later on in John and it's John eight. Um, it's a story about, uh, the woman who is caught in the midst of adultery And it's this beautiful story. I think we can often overlook it. So you should read it yourself in scripture. It's eight, one through uh, 11. I won't read it here for you, but basically there's um, this, this woman, she's met by the teachers of the law and the Pharisees because she's caught in adultery and she's sitting there in the middle of the dirt and they're accusing her of this. And Jesus comes upon the scene and basically bends down with her. And once again, so much empathy, so much relationship and, he um, does not condemn her. He doesn't care at all about what she did um, or what her sin might be. Um, And he cares far more about her healing in her heart. And I think this is a beautiful thing to point out here. Once again, Jesus is not caught up in what's right or what's wrong. He's just caught up in this in this relationship. Um, and for any of you who maybe have been convinced that like your sin or those moments that you've messed up or judgment or gossip, like you feel like you have to be perfect because Jesus is like, they're like going to get you, going to spank you. Like, that's just not true. (laughs) Like our God, um, he cares far less about your sin and way more about a relationship with you and way more about your heart. And I think a lot of you maybe just need to be freed of this because it's hard to live perfectly. Like you're going to mess up. There's going to be moments where like you, you don't have it all right. Um, and you should know that like you can come right back to Jesus and start all over again. And there's so much grace there. I love this saying. It's kind of cheesy, but um, I don't even know who says it, but it's give it your best and he'll take care of the rest. Like I really believe in this. Like I do think there's a conversation of course of like, we should like steward what God has given us super well. And we should do our best to try to live in obedience and in step in step with him and his word. But we're not going to do it perfectly. Um, and yeah, I find this even in my work sometimes. I'm like, I have to like get everything checked off and everything has to be done so well, so perfect all the time. I want to see like the goals and the end results. And it's just really the worst way to, to, to work and to live. Like rather I can definitely steward things really well and try my best and live in obedience and give it all I got. But just know that the Lord's got the rest and he's going to show up for you in the midst of that. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a beautiful story. 
I love it. I love the story of the woman caught in adultery because I think that yeah, and and I think that what is so cool about it is that it's not that Jesus doesn't care about our sin because I, he does. You know, I think he because he hasn't called us to lead a life of sin. But I think what Jesus knows and what we see all throughout scripture is that the heart is the place that, you know, we're making decisions out of and we are doing all things out of. And so if our heart is misaligned, we will always fall into sin over and over and over again, no matter how hard we try not to. And so Jesus, I think when he looks at you, he cares about the condition of your heart so much more. Mm -hmm. And he knows that it is only through the power of him in your life that you can be set free from those patterns of sin. And so what's so beautiful about it is like when we are trying so hard, we are not submitting to Jesus to be the one to be our strength, to allow us to break free from sin. We're trying to do it on our own. And literally when we do it on our own, I hate to break it to you, but like you're going to return to that sin over and over and over again. And the cycle mm-hmm. begins over and over. And that's a form of enslavement. Like it's literally like you are in a, you are in, in chains to your sin. But when you submit to Jesus, when you go to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot do this without you. Like you're going to have to be the one to give me the strength to do this. He literally is like, yes, I got you. <laughs> I got you. That's what I love about the story of the woman caught in adultery because he says, he says, come to me and sin no more. Sin no more. You walk away different mm. because of the power that I'm giving you through my spirit in your life. And so I think there's this beautiful realization when we've been trying really hard to overcome something on our own, when we finally realize the only way to overcome it is surrender. Mm. Is that moment where you're like, you break down and you surrender and you lay it at the feet of Jesus and you say, Jesus, you have to do this because I'm not enough on my own to do this. You have to move through me. And I love that. Honestly, the only way to break free from trying so hard is to kind of give up, <laughs> give <laughs> up. Like you said, Ken, like, what did you say? Try your best and let him do the rest. Yeah. Like, up and let him move and let him do what only he can do. And that Jesus is the only answer to finally breaking free from trying so hard. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. It's such a beautiful picture of surrender. Okay. The last thing I really want to leave you with, and it's kind of like a, a, a question for you. Um, and I like am obsessed with this actually, and I truly live by this and all that I do. Um, maybe for you, you've been like, you've been living in a mindset of, okay, what would be right? Or what would, mm-hmm. what is perfect? And I kind of just want to switch that question for you of what would make God smile? Why am I coming with all the cheese? I don't even know. But (laughs) this is so simple and really funny that I always like, I truly do picture Jesus like always up in the sky somewhere, you know, not sure that's really where he is, but uh, (laughs) just looking down on us and smiling at us and uh, seeing everything we do. And I'm like, God, I want to make you smile. And like, when it comes to like, the decisions I'm making, like, I know you're, you're watching and you're seeing and you know it all. Like, I just want to honor you with all, with all I do. And, um, yeah. And then that posture for me, um, when it comes to 
decision making and sin and conversations I'm having and judgment and just all those things. I'm like, okay, what would really honor you? Like, what would really make you smile? Like, and it starts to reshape the way I'm like living and talking and doing my life. And even with um, my time with him and spending time with him, because I think there's this big reputation in the Christian world to have quiet time with him every single day. And it needs to be a perfect amount of time, like we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier. And really like, I, I don't think it's about that in this like perfect religious situation and more about just what would make him smile is really just spending time with him. Like, yes, it's getting in the word because I think that would make him really smile. Um, I think it's also praying and connecting with him on an everyday basis everywhere I go. Like sure in the morning is best because it's right when I wake up and it sets pace for the day. But if it's missed, like I think he's going to be really proud and really full of joy if I just get a moment with him. All right, you guys, let me talk to you about teeth grinding. Yep, you heard it right. Teeth grinding is about the worst thing you can do with your teeth. It causes cavities and it causes lifelong troubles. Here's the thing. When you grind off your teeth, they aren't going to grow back. So if you want to prevent this, if you are a classic teeth grinder, you need to know about the Night Guards by Smile Brilliant. These are the best Night Guards out on the market, and they're so easy to get and to use. So head over to www.smilebrilliant.com and check them out there. They'll give you a digital model of your teeth, and it'll be kept forever, which is super affordable and way more simple than the million and a half dentist appointments you might have to go to. So head over to Smile Brilliant. It's efficient, it's affordable, and so effective. Use the code FTGFAM for 20% off. You know how it goes. I can't wait for your teeth to be amazing. Oh my goodness, Ken's. I love this so much. I feel like it's such a practical question that you can ask yourself in little moments. And what I love about it is I think sometimes the legalistic or the the trying so hard posture, it's like you want to go back and change the past. You're like, you're so mad at yourself for messing up or for not doing enough or like anything. And there's a lot of shame attached to it where I love that question of what would make God smile. It's like a right here, right now opportunity. Like what could I choose in this moment that would make God smile? That would like honor my God. And I love that you said it might be five minutes. Like I'm going to get on my knees and pray for five minutes, or I'm going to go call my mom and love on her. or I'm going to go do this. And I think that's a really beautiful way to break free from the cycle of legalism and like, trying to be so good that you almost don't need God. And instead just saying like in every moment, God, I want to honor you and I want to serve you and I want to please you. Um, I think that's a really beautiful way to go about it. And like, I'm going to be reminding myself of that. (laughs) I'm going to be so annoying in every meeting now. I'm going to be like, guys, what would make God smile right now? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so real. It's like so cheesy, but it's so good. And I actually like, I never can get the picture out of my head of like, Jesus just looking down on us and being so pleased with pleased with us. And um, yeah, it yeah. really changes the way you live your life and the decisions you make. But yeah, I love this conversation. And I really want to encourage everybody listening, like this 
part of this study was so powerful and really will speak to you if you are struggling with this and so tired of trying so hard because these scriptures and particularly, I really just want to encourage you to go directly to the word of God in this because I really, I think you'll see how, um, how rebellious <laughs> Jesus really is and how he cares so much more about relationships over rules and is not caught up in perfectionism and doing it all right, but just about um, people and loving others big and honoring God and all that he does. Like, I think you'll see that so clearly. So if this is you, dig into the scriptures and highlight little moments and stories because I think it will really super speak to you. Um and yeah, the first thing we talked about just to recap is living by the spirit and not by the rules. Um, the second thing is he cares so much less about your sin and accomplishments and so much more about your heart. You see that in the story of the woman caught in adultery and how he gets down low with her and cares about nothing but her heart um, and a relationship with her. And then the last thing we just wanted to leave you with is this question of what would make God or what would make God smile and living out of that rather than the rules or the perfect Christian life. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. And I I really hope that the scripture really sp speaks to you too. Yes. So good guys. We're loving these conversations inspired by the book of John. Um, remember that you can head to our website for the to pick up a John study or any of our other awesome and amazing studies. We hope you guys are digging into the word this summer and are investing in Christ in our community because we believe that like those two things can totally change the trajectory of your summer. Yeah. So we're so glad that you're spending your summer with us through the podcast. We love our For The Girl fam. And we'll be back next week with another episode. We love you, fam. Talk to you then.